This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. With hosts Mike Fusco and Ray Ramirez. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Ray. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining Ray and I on the segment of Team Business. Sorry about the delay there. We had some technical difficulties, (laughs) but we're ready to go here. We have Andrea Yoder-Clark joining us again. Andrea, thanks again for coming. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Great to be back. Yeah, Andrea's back. She was an awesome guest the first time, and uh, I think she's going to be just as great the second time and the third and fourth time after this. But uh, <laughs> as you know from our initial interview with Andrea, we I spoke to her a lot about data. Uh, she um, has a specialty in data. She's the CEO of Predictive Portfolios. She's also a professor at the USD School of Business, so very very well-versed. And uh, this is, as I said, segment one of three on the topic of data analytics. I think, Ray, what we found last time uh, Andrea was on and we got some response from from our podcast is that small businesses don't really know where to start. Exactly. You know, they don't really know where to start or maybe any businesses, not just small. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't know where to start when it comes to data. So, Andrea, we wanted to talk to you about that. And, uh, you know, how do businesses owners use data across their business? Where do they begin? Yeah, so great question. Um, and I think to your point, all businesses right now are kind of struggling. Where do they begin, right? Regardless of the size of the company. And often what I've seen in the most recent months, especially as it relates to COVID, is that in in today's world, a lot of our models have broken post-COVID. So, you know, whatever we expected to happen before COVID is no longer happening, especially in areas of sales demand planning, um, knowing what's going to come next and how to serve your customers. So this is where data comes into play because we can go into your source systems, whether it be your CRM or potentially your finance records around sales, and then combine that information to give you an idea of what's happened historically, both before COVID, which would have been normal, and then our new normal since COVID has occurred, right? So what we're finding is that just doing market research isn't enough. Each business is unique. You have your own customers. You have your own imprint in your industry, your own niche of organizations that you sell to. And it's really important to combine your own historical data with market research to be able to give you a good blueprint around where to go next. Awesome. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so as far as business owners are concerned that are trying to get into that arena, I mean, what, what uh, type of information are they trying to look for to kind of drive that increases in efficiencies? Yeah. So often when um, clients come to me, it's because there's a pain happening, right? Like they're experiencing a problem that they're not really sure how to solve internally. And they know they have the data, you know, they have a system, they're collecting information, but they're not exactly sure how to harness that and collect it and display it in a way that makes it possible for them to make decisions from. 
And it's a really common problem. Everyone from my enterprise level clients to my small business clients right now are all going through this struggle because all of a sudden, now that we don't know what's coming next, having that blueprint and the data to make those decisions is becoming even more important. So an example, um, one of my clients was having a hard time with shipping. Many, many, many companies are struggling with that right now, right? Because because of COVID and the impact on you know bringing goods across borders and you know reducing the size of teams and in docks and warehouses where people unpack things when they get them delivered, I'm sure we've all experienced increases increased time to get things that we've ordered online. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I ordered like a piece of furniture nine months ago. Yep. So, you know, so. Yeah, it's you kind of feel you feel bad for the businesses, you know, that are struggling to get that product delivered. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a perfect use case where COVID is really impacting our ability to know what's going to happen next. And if we're able to look at the data that that company has generated since COVID has occurred, we're going to have at least an average or a ballpark or, you know, be able to give them a range of time that they can then communicate to their customers versus no communication at all, right? So, you know, again, yeah. another example, customer success, right? Keeping your customers happy. All companies right now are experiencing shipping delays, also back order because things aren't coming in when you're expecting them to. So items are back ordered for a long period of time across industries. Um, if you can communicate with your customers and give them an idea of when you think that will be back in stock, that's at least some information, right? And we'll keep people happy versus no communication at all. And you just don't get what you ordered. So. So are you finding that you'll have to shift a couple times because first, you know, there was, like you said, there was pre COVID that data was a different data set than during COVID right now we're post COVID. And is there going to be like a post post COVID? Where you know businesses get back to kind of normal operation, and then yeah. the whole data set has to go back to pre-COVID. So I mean that is a fabulous question. So Gartner, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of Gartner. They're one of the leading um, consulting firms nationally in terms of data and data analytics. They produced a really great visual about leading during a crisis, and there's this whole model of okay, you know, you have your pre you know, COVID environment, what we always consider was normal. And then you have your crisis environment and they've developed, they've broken this down into four stages of how to respond. So the first is, you know, you just, you're responding in the moment. We're past that now, right? That was last year when everyone was stocking up on items, there were hiring freezes, everything kind of went to like, you know, stop operations, let's assess, let's not do anything. Let's just wait and see what happens, right? So that was stage one. And then stage two is, okay, we're slowly starting to explore what happened during that first stage. We'll go back, we'll look at the data. We're gonna create a plan now to react, which is you know, the reaction stage, but with planning, with data driving that, um, you know, that plan forward. And then stage three is when you start implementing that plan and then stage four would be your like post COVID environment, right? So I would right. say you can kind of break it down into three stages, what occurred before COVID, what's occurring during COVID when you're taking into account 
the data from that initial kind of high crisis moment all the way through the beginning of starting to open and then looking at like an average of sales or an average of um you know shipping time or you know whatever metric you're looking at and then looking at the post-covid environment and giving that at least like six months yeah to really come to a conclusion right yeah because it's not something that you know you can define right away I'm, I'm wondering just before we get to the next question uh do you think that because of covid and you know these different stages and different kind of foundations companies have put together at this point for a crisis you called it a crisis stage do you think that crisis stage of COVID could translate? Hopefully that doesn't happen, but to, to a future crisis and not somewhat, maybe not a pandemic, but it could be other things, you know, it could be, could be natural disaster. It could be, you know, war type issue, whatever it is. Do you think yeah. that, that those types of crisis points could translate into future and businesses will be better ready for something like that as extreme as it was? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, crisis planning is crisis planning, regardless yeah. of the the cause of the crisis, right? And so, you know, it's that idea of kind of like stop and assess. Don't you know reduce costs, become more efficient. Don't make any sudden moves, kind of in the moment. And then that second stage of okay, let's go back and look at what happened over the last three to six months during the high point of the crisis and assess. Then let's make a plan, and then let's enact that, enact that plan, right? Um, but I, again, I think the underlying key there is using data to drive right. that planning so that you are, um, not just kind of shooting from the hip, right? Well, just to take one step back though, as far as those businesses that haven't even started the process of looking at data and trying to create a roadmap behind it, I mean, capturing the data and have collecting it in order to get to that point. I mean, what do you suggest those businesses have as far as a platform or whatnot in order to be able to get to that point in the first place? Yeah. So, I mean, at this stage, I think we're, most businesses are in phase two. We're in the, okay, let's look back, let's plan, yeah. let's assess, right? And so since we're in that moment, I mean, most organizations have some sort of data collection mechanism that's already in place, whether it's Salesforce and a CRM that they're using to track their customers, mm -hmm. whether it's social media data that they're using to market or other forms of marketing metrics that they use, return on investment for various marketing initiatives, click rates, open rates, those kinds of things. And then from, you know, other parts of the business, you have things like shipping times and, you know, back order rates and inventory levels and all of those kinds of things, right? So regardless of what area of the business we're looking at, there's going to be a system that you're using to track what you're doing. And that will be, we'll be able to pull data out of that system to give you what you need. And it, you don't need to have even any level of sophistication. I'm going to show you an example in a moment okay. which of a product that we built that was literally built from Excel sheets that were being manually managed by the sales team. There was very little huh. interaction even with the CRM. So it's possible to do really amazing things, you know, without a lot of input, which is good news. Yeah, I think that's cr uh, critical for some some employers to know that. Yeah. I think something we hear about all the time and before we get to your presentation, which thank you for bringing that. We appreciate it. 
yeah. KPIs. We hear about KPIs all the time. I think it's kind of a business owners like to just throw that word out there. <laughs> um, and we hear about it more and more with more data driven focus, you know, but can you explain like how do businesses, where do they start? How do they know what, what KPIs, what to use? Like, how do they know what their driving KPIs are? Yeah, so this is a great question. And I actually do an entire workshop around this topic um, for companies that are becoming data-driven. Um, but, you know, KPIs in general, so KPI stands for Key Performance Indicator. So the idea is that you are measuring something that is going to create a significant difference that, that you expect you'll see some kind of movement on within like a month. You don't really want to pick something that is going to take longer than a month to see movement around. Um, and that particular thing that you're going to measure should give you a window into how to either increase revenue or save costs. Those should be the two things you're looking at when you're developing your KPIs, because that's going to drive your bottom line, regardless of what you're doing in any area of the business. So best practices in that space would be if you're a CEO or you know the leadership team of a company, you want to be at the highest level. You just want to know what is that number for this month? Has it gone up or down since last month? But if you're the person, an analyst in a business whose job it is to find out why that number went up or down, then you need a more prescriptive tool that will allow you to dive into the data and figure out, okay, Right. Let's say our sales demand went up 10% from last month, and that's more than we would have expected. The leadership team would likely want to know why. Where did that increase in sales come from? So that analyst needs to have a tool where they could dive into that sales data and say, okay, oh, look, the average order from this client is X. Here's where we're seeing that increase, right? It was right. this client in this region, whatever. So, I mean, that's the purpose. You have that high-level metric, yep. and then you have a to drill in to explain what's going on. So the KPIs can kind of funnel. They funnel down to, depending on what department or what responsibility for each person measuring them. A hundred percent. And the leadership team often will look at the highest level, maybe sales overall across all products. And then you may, depending on the size of your company, you may have a couple people or larger teams that are you know, responsible for the sales of a vertical in yeah. your business. Right. All those funnel into one overarching KPI for the CEO or the director of sales for the company that's looking at all products. But that team in charge of one may only, they have their own KPI, but it's only for their own product line that they manage. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yep. So Andrea, you referenced before a case study that you have on, on sales. And yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and pick it up on the screen. And can you see it? Okay. I can okay. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I see it well. And you're able to. So what are we looking control. at here? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this. Yeah. So this is an example of a tool that we developed for one of our clients that is actually an interactive dashboard that allows us to do more of the analyst level role that we were talking about, right? So what we're looking at here is sales demand trends over time. Um, the first date, so on this graph, we have dates January 2020 through January 2021. We have a whole year. This particular company is selling about a million units on average. 
and we have this, you know, trend line that shows us variation in how much they sold by month. So over here, we have filters that are applied to the dashboard, which allow us to determine what is actually being displayed in this graph. So this product line was product line 146 for this company. And what we can see is this overarching trend line across the top, which would relate to you know this overall, if, if I was the, the sales team managing product 146, this would be what I would be looking at to manage our demand over time. This gray line in the middle is the average for the, for the period of time we're looking at, which is about a million units over time. And then if you hover on any particular point in that trend, you can see the date we're looking at, exactly how many units of that product were sold during that to date on that in that month, and then the difference from the average. So we're calling the average the baseline. So if I guess the baseline is 70, so this particular time frame, there's they sold 70,000 more units than the average at that particular point in time. So that tells the analyst and you know the business leader that they're trending slightly above average. Now you can see this particular company was um, selling products that were highly in demand during COVID. So we can see this yeah. March timeframe, you know, their demand numbers go way up, right? right? Yeah. So now we're 309,000 over baseline. Wow which is a huge surge that they would normally not expect. And you can, you can imagine, and actually we're looking at weekly. So you can see here, this is the beginning date, 1-1-2020. The period that we're comparing is week over week. And so you can imagine that if we're seeing these large spikes in demand in a short period of time, what that would do to things like back order and being able to have enough of your product on hand to give to customers, right? Right. So this could be a situation where your sales team is having to ration what they give to customers. Customers may be trying to buy more than you have. So you have to limit what they can buy so you can give a little bit to everybody. Yeah, right. right. So that was the reason that we built this for them because they were worried that this heavy peak in demand would continue. And we built this for them um, in January, 2021. So they could look at the next year, 2021, and be able to predict what might happen if another increase in COVID occurred, right? So this is giving them a way to look at what happened during those COVID, high impact COVID times for them Typically, they were up about 300,000 units than expected. So they want to go into 2021 planning for that so they, they can reduce that back order. And then if we go down here, we can look more closely as to where that demand is happening in the country, who is buying it if we're looking at the ship to party. Amazing. We can look, yeah, that's awesome. We can look at their current... Um, purchases in this existing period, how much did that client buy in the last period? So here we see a large stock up, right? So in the last month, they stocked up at like 67,000 units. Yeah. So this period, they're only buying 4,000 units. What was the difference from the prior period? 63,000, so that's a huge increase or decrease actually. 
and then you know the absolute difference so that they can compare and then we did color coding so if people were um buying more than expected it shows up in red right okay this is pretty cool you guys so you built you guys built this is a proprietary software yes. and it's real time yeah so if i go up here and i change something so let's see we could look at just one distribution channel um okay my computer's slow so it's taking a minute but it's recomputing okay so i said none let's go to So this is only one distributor. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. So we can go down to the level of distrib distributor that sells to many nah. parties. This is cool. We could go back to none and click the none. It would clear it again. We could click one customer and just look at that one customer. If we go to ship to party name. Right. Right. This is awesome. And so, yeah. So it gives you the ability to really, 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 um, dial down at a very you know micro level if you need to solve a problem and figure out what's happening um if you don't want to do that you could look at it at the high level like we had before so this is just one customer across all distribution channels right and then it, it changes to let you know if we wanted to change this product line is, you know, like we said, one for six, but there's various components in that product line. We could filter by exactly what they were buying as well, if we just wanted to look at it from that standpoint. So um, it gives you lots of options. This particular company calls their SKU numbers materials. So we could just search by SKU number if we think they're buying one particular thing a lot. This is really awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. It's great, uh, great insight. So I think, yeah. I think something that's safe to say and just, you know, oh, I think during, you showed the spike during COVID. I think normally right. speaking businesses in, you know, they, if you have a sales spike or a big growth in sales, you, it's probably a good thing normally speaking. Right. But looking yeah. at the data back to what you, what you're showing, maybe that wasn't such a good thing for a lot of businesses during, during COVID, huh? Yeah, I mean, if it's a if it's a spike that you're not predicting, right. you may not have the ability to meet the demand that your customers want, right? right? And then they get unhappy, and you could lose those customers to your competitors. Yep. And we've heard so, that so many times, you know, from that sales maybe not such a good thing, such a big, or you know, consistent growth in sales. You know, if your if sure. your chart was showing more of a ramp up, yeah, that could be okay, right? But with the the peaks. And that's why data is so important. That's why having something like this for a business to look at is crucial. Exactly. Exactly. And so again, you know, this all goes back to the point of, you know, COVID put us in this scenario where all of a sudden we don't know what's going to happen and not knowing what's going to happen is bad for business, regardless of whether or not sales go down or sales go up because you just can't plan, yep. you know, and you need to be able to staff appropriately. You need to be able to like pay your production team to make what needs to be made. You need to order all the supplies necessary to create your products. And if you don't know what's, you know, that there is going to be this huge spike in demand, you can't respond. And so you'll lose customers. So, you know, regardless of whether that's an up or down spike, um, you need to be ready for it. And if you can look, you know, and analyze your data 
slice it and dice it in all these different ways, whether it be by product, by customer, by distribution site, you know, then that gives you the tools you need to plan ahead and prepare. For sure. Yeah, definitely run more lean. Was there anything else you wanted to display on the, on your dashboard? Um, that was going to be my example for sales. Um, I have another example if we have time, but you know, I, we don't need to go into it. It's for a different type of company, a more service oriented company, but you know, up to you guys. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want to do, we could always do it in the next segment too. Whatever is best for you. Yeah. Let's, let's wait. And then, you know, we could maybe dive into, um, how to use this to drive efficiencies as well, right? So we've talked about these types of dashboards for planning for either up or down spikes in your sales, but what if you know you need to really contract? You know, let's say we're in phase one of crisis planning. We're we're not going to necessarily do anything yet, but we need to know how to save money right now and just prepare for what's going to come next. Right. And if we're in that kind of a a planning mode, we can also use a dashboard like this to look at where are our sales happening most. Let's funnel majority of our resources there. Let's contract in other places. Right. So if I was looking at um, this dashboard specifically to help me make a decision like that, if we go down to the graph that's looking at where the sales are happening um, on the geographic map, you can see that the um, size of the circle is the difference from last period in number of items sold. And this is only on a weekly basis because that's how quick things were changing for this company during the you know the height of the crisis. And so for them, if they're having to shift week by week by week, they can direct their salespeople to, you know, I'm seeing these big circles and we're increasing demand on, you know, the Northeast over here. We have Florida. And then um, I think that's Idaho yeah. right there. We're talking about geography. Colorado. Nevada. Colorado. Colorado. Thank oh, you. Nevada. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not. Colorado. It's Colorado. You're right. Do we you're take right. social no, studies or what? It's there we go. It says, it, it says it on our little um, information. Well, you don't even need to know geography to look at it. Right. I know. Oh, yeah. I see now. Yeah, because I missed. Yeah, this. yeah. Cool. It gives you the ship two-party state, right? So, so, you know, if we're in that scenario and we need to know where do we shift our attention, you know, that gives us the ability to maybe contract our sales team in the rest of the country where we're not seeing these really large spikes in demand and or refocus our sales team that may be assigned different territories to these territories that are having, um, you know, that need more of our attention in that moment. Right. So Andrea, this is, do you guys, so talking about predictive portfolios and the services you provide, do you always build, do you use other third-party systems to track KPIs and data, or do you always build your own dashboards for your clients? dashboards. Um, so we use a cool t- a tool called Tableau. So you can see the name of this file up here. It says Tableau, and then it has the name of the dashboard that we created. Um, so Tableau is a third-party software. It is probably the most used software in the industry for um, dashboards and data visualization. And 
you know, we chose this particular platform because the majority of the folks that we interact with use it. Another example of a highly used tool is very similar would be Power BI. And then like the third. Yeah, it does very right? similar. Yep, yeah. exactly. It's a Microsoft product. Um, Tableau integrates just as easily with Microsoft if you, if, those, if that's what your source systems are. We can also use Power BI if you already have it. Um, I just, I like Tableau a little bit better. It's a little bit more user-friendly. Everything is like drag and drop, but the final product that we would build for you is drag and drop. You can, you know, hover over things and it gives you this information. You have these like drop down menus for filtering and things like that. So I just, I find it to be a little bit more user-friendly, um, really cool. which is why it's our preferred tool. And if someone doesn't already have, if a company doesn't already have a tool that they've developed, will default to this. Um, but there's others out there. Power BI is one. Click is another. Click is actually really? equivalent to Tableau in terms of user friendliness. It's newer product. Less people are using it, which is the only reason why we're not using are it. Are they local? Um, Click. I, I don't know. Tableau is, okay. Tableau is a local. Yeah. Tableau. Actually, the founder of Tableau lives in San Diego. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And they enable you to integrate yeah. the company's systems that use into the dashboard? Yeah, so what we do is we would typically come in and ask for an export of your system. So we would ask you to go into your system and export the data that you want us to visualize. And we would create the template in Tableau. And then if you have an IT team, we would hand it over to them and work with them to show them how to integrate it and make it automated. Yeah. But it, it doesn't need to be automated. You can buy a business license to Tableau for you know a couple users for like less than a thousand dollars a month. It's not a crazy high price tool. I don't even think it's a thousand. I think it's like a thousand dollars a year, and that um, for like a year license for like two to three users, right? Which you wouldn't if you're a small company. You don't need that many people to be able to access it. And then whatever we build, you could literally just open and use and upload your data. Like we would train your team to get it to the point where you could maintain it. Um, so you could do it automated or not, depending on your level of sophistication. Nice. But you would need to buy access to Tableau over time. It's also probably the most affordable. Is it? Good to know. Tableau. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that. Yep. So how, how do businesses that are watching and, and see this, and they say, man, I got to get a hold on my data. I love what Andrea is talking about. I love her dashboards. She knows her stuff. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, on our website, we have a contact us form. So you could definitely go there um, and just reach out. And we'll be you know, ready to respond. We're also on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably the easiest way just because I'm on it all the time. Yeah. So faster response for sure. Um, but yeah, if you, if you guys want to, I can send through my LinkedIn profile, um, in the chat maybe. Yeah. Perfect. Anyone that's on. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, and we can also publish it, you know, when we publish yeah. the, uh, the, the recorded segment, but yeah, Andrew's had LinkedIn. Yep. And, uh, what types of clients should reach out? What types of businesses are you looking to help? I mean, anyone that 
knows that they could do more with their data, right? So it, it, we work with companies across industries, any, anything from enterprise level companies like ResMed and BD are two of our big clients right now. Um, but we're also, we've also worked with small companies, for example, um, one of the newest startups in town, Airspace, we've worked with them. Um, I've worked with a small marketing agency for their social media marketing analytics oh, wow. to optimize. That. That's pretty cool. So yeah, anything from marketing, operations, sales, those are kind of our areas where we've done a ton of work. ResMed has been very operations focused. BD has been been very sales focused in terms of products. Um, we've even done pricing analysis for companies, like what should you be pricing your contracts at? Hmm. And you know what are your levers? You could either increase units or increase the cost per price per unit. What's that going to do to the total revenue if you play with how those numbers could look? Okay. So um, really, any, I yeah. mean, you could do I it mean, all. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Any data. Yeah. Well, can't wait for any data marketing, sales, operations for okay. sure. Well, can't wait to yeah. have you for the next segment, which we're going to be talking about how to hire the right data data driven team. Yeah. 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 So thank you guys. And Andrea, always a pleasure. Uh, awesome. Thank you guys for having me here. I was trying to post it, but it looks like I can just see things in the chat um, and I can't post, but. Oh, you can't post it in the chat? Oh, man. No, it says, it says messages from audience will display here. And then when I tried to do it, there's a private chat that I'll yeah. post it in, but I don't know. Yeah. You could if you post it here. I could uh, show it across our video here. There, there it is. Okay, perfect. Cool. Let me copy this guy here. Yeah, we're still, awesome. Ray and I are still trying to find our groove here on the live, the live uh, podcast. So. You guys are doing great. I, it's a great tool. So. We're all learning in this post-COVID environment, yeah. right? It's not there it is. Look at that. Well, look at that. Andrea's LinkedIn Perfect. profile. Visit, visit awesome. it. Connect. Yes. Get some help. Learn. Yes. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Here again. <laughs> yeah, thank you everyone again for joining. And uh, if you have any questions or comments or anything you need help with, please reach out. And you have Andrea's contact information now. You can visit her online too, Predictive Portfolios or on LinkedIn. And we will be back for another segment shortly. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.